0: welcome back everybody it is the show weekly podcast i'm your host joe and i'm joined by ben and charlie guys it is great to be back Uh, i hope you both had a really great summer Uh, Of course, today we are joined by a very special guest star, Lillian Crawford, writer for Little White Lies, Sight & Sound magazine, film critic, and most crucially for our season premiere, uh, Lillian is an avid uh, Wachowski sister fan. Lily, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hi, it's lovely to be here.
0: Thank you. Before we get into conversation, of course, we need to give a huge shout out to our listeners. Season three is finally on the go after a bit of a delay. Uh, but all throughout autumn we're going to be bringing you a really big blockbuster lineup of reviews so if you're new here do be sure to follow our socials for updates and news hit the notification bell drop us a like or a follow as we always appreciate the support if you have been with us since the start thanks for tuning in into what i think is going to be a really fantastic season um i mean essentially we're marking the start of uh a new era of cinema really. you know a return to cinema much better than last year's Tenet which was kind of like yeah come back to the cinema but not really uh so over the next three months yeah well yeah (laughs) yeah, exactly uh over the next three months you can definitely look forward to reviews of Denis Villeneuve's Dune, Marvel's Eternals, we're also going to look back over the Matrix trilogy in hot anticipation of the fourth installment there's so much to look forward to so please stay tuned. Uh, and of course, today, Lily is joining us to initiate our season of Wachowski sister filmography, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> Lily, uh, The Matrix Resurrections is only a few months away. But today, you chose Jupiter Ascending from 2015 as our film of the week. i um, mm. really excited to talk about it. But just before we get into that, I I know Charlie has been very excited to have you on the show as our resident film studies graduate. Uh, we often find that Chaz is a bit of devil's advocate on the show. Would you agree, Chaz?
2: Yeah, gotta be, yeah, keep it interesting, especially,
0: yeah, to me and Ben for sure. I think, yeah, um,
2: about Marvel films,
0: yeah. Um, but I actually get the feeling that today, Chaz, you you may be meeting your match with our guest, yeah. Uh, I've had (laughs) quite a good time looking over some of your letterbox ratings lily uh, and oh goodness <laughs> on that note i think uh, a great icebreaker would be uh, to well we can we can have a look at some of your letterbox ratings and uh, i think we're really excited to hear some of your more divisive opinions on some very famous pop culture movies out there i mean you know of course you are here to defend jupiter ascending which was one of the biggest flops of of the 2010s Uh, so but obviously more on that later but i just want to run a few ratings by you if that's okay Mm -hmm. Uh, and (laughs) i would love for you yeah i would love for you just to give some context to them uh, in as many (laughs) words as you like Um, and i'm gonna start with one of my favorite films uh, which is whiplash which according to your letterbox profile you gave two stars to I wonder if you have anything to talk about.
1: Oh, that's that, that yeah that's that's changed quite considerably. I think when I first saw that film I thought it was a masterpiece and absolutely adored it and I revisited it a few years ago and I just found I think the first time I saw it I thought it was really condoning the bullying behavior and the second time I watched it I thought it was really endorsing it and I found it right. incredibly uncomfortable because he like he goes on to do the great solo at the end and it's like but it's sort of saying that the way that Fletcher bullies him is sort of bringing out this great performance. And I just, I found that very uncomfortable. Um, I mean, Mm. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a fantastically made film. Um, and the soundtrack is incredible. Um, yeah, it's just, it's that's more a sort of personal issue with that film rather than a technical one, I'd say.
0: Is that something you've experienced in your own life? That kind of harsh criticism that, that has forced you into that uncomfortable place?
1: yeah i mean i was definitely bullied a lot as a child um and um i have ptsd so actually like watching stuff like that is really yeah. quite quite harrowing welcome to the me. club
0: you're in the right place
1: right <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we can have a support network here. It's all, it's all good. Yeah.
0: Um, it, Shoal is a very safe space where we can talk about <laughs> films that we hate, <laughs> that, that yeah. bring out the but worst it's, of it's, our it's, emotions. It's, it's
1: interesting that you picked that one because it's one of the films that perhaps I can't sort of like really be quite venomous against. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one that I've sort of changed in my opinion of over time.
0: That's that's really
2: fascinating. Also,
1: also, I watched it. I watched it the day after Birdman, and ah. I absolutely love Birdman. That's a really great oh, film. Yeah, um, so good. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think. Sometimes, when you watch a film so close to something that you really loved, it can often make it seem worse than perhaps it would if you watched it in isolation. Mm-hmm.
0: Ben, there, were there any? Of Lily's ratings on uh, and criticisms on Letterboxd that you that you found either that you agreed with that not a lot of people do, uh, or were there some that you just completely disagree
3: with? Um. So I. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's start with the first part of that. Let's start with ones that I <laughs> secretly agree with a little bit. With oh, interesting. Um. Now. So first of all, I just love Marvel films. So Black Widow never usually gets as high as four stars. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that, and uh, <laughs> I'll agree with that film. Film. <laughs> yeah, it's one. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so this one I probably wouldn't be as harsh as you've been, um, mm. but people e- often say that to me. <laughs> 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 so so the, the Revenant, you gave it one star. Now, that is, so for me, that is so. That is way too low, but I do think that The Revenant sometimes gets overhyped, because obviously DiCaprio won his Oscar with it, and Tom Hardy mm. was incredible in it as well, but I did think that... Oh, Tom Hardy was in that? I, I honestly, was it Tom, I uh, no, yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, Hardy? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I believe
0: I just, Lily was making a it joke. It, yeah, a <laughs> bad joke.
1: I, I think it's one of those films that I've sort of tried to erase from my mind, because I found the experience of suffering it so mind-numbing um i mean as i so, just said wow. re- i, as I, I just uh, said i really loved birdman and then watching revenant was just uh, so it was dull. a bit
3: of a, a long film wasn't it it was it was a bit of a slow yeah. burner <laughs> so i think i think i would secretly agree with dishing it a little bit but maybe not quite as as damaging as one star but uh yeah. also i i'm like a sort of ardent animal rights
1: person and Ooh, vegan, hmm. and there's some real animal cruelty and mm. disgusting stuff in that film. That's I true, guess. yeah.
0: Doesn't the eat? eat eats like a Heeds, real heart or
1: yeah. something uh, raw, yeah, which yeah. I just sort of reject on a moral yeah. level. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, there, not, is no, argument, there is an argument. There is an argument to say though, <laughs> if
3: you were stranded in, you know, in a desert, in a, in a Snow, snowy avalanche wilderness. I can't even remember. Yes, but they it's are. a film, then. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's not real, mate. It's based off true events. Yeah. Yeah. You could true. do like it what is, they yeah. did
1: in um, Cruella and have like CG Dalmatians, which I think is perhaps a step too far.
2: But, oh, I, I, I watched that recently. It's very like disorientating having the, the dogs all CG. Yeah. It's and, weird. Like
3: not even good CG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Makes yeah. you realize how hard CG is to do, actually. Um,
1: if anyone just like doesn't have an excuse, it's Disney. They can yeah they can afford yeah.
3: they can afford good CGI. It's true, but it does make you appreciate good CGI just that little bit more. Um, it's like uh, um... I, I I still think that CGI like. Peaked in Dead Man's Chest in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I think it just... peaked in Revenge of the Sith, but you know that's just my personal. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say oh, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's a
0: no, Dead Man's one. Chest was was phenomenal. The the motion capture work on Bill Nighy yeah. um, for David Jones was. It still hasn't. That kind of motion capture really hasn't been matched. Perhaps maybe Thanos. Mm-hmm. But, I was uh, gonna, yeah, I, th- I thought about.
2: Ben was going to say Avatar. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I mean, am not going to lie. Ben but... loves Avatar, Lily. Really.
2: I, I, yeah, I wasn't going right. to bring
3: it up. I wasn't going to bring it up for exactly this reason. But a lot of the stuff they did in, a lot of the stuff they did in <laughs> Avatar, like the tech they made, is still used and was used for those films because it was just top tier. Um, it's 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 yeah. one of
1: the. I mean, in the same way that like, I often think that. Films are often taught, we talk about the technical side of films when it's just a bad film. So The Revenant was one that was talked about a lot in terms of its use of natural lighting and Lebetskys cinematography and so on. And it's like, but the film itself was incredibly dull. And The Avatar is another one where like, yes, it's incredibly impressive as a as a work of art, but it's it's just... Dire to sit through.
2: Um, <laughs> That's what I mean, me and Joe yeah, thought. As well. we, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> it's the most we, 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 film I've ever seen. The fact that we've got four more of them on the uh, way is, um, is not. Ben's going to be in a tent crazy. outside
0: our local Odeon <laughs> cinema. He's going to be camping out.
1: I don't think you'll uh, need to. Surely it doesn't have that many fans.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, moving on <laughs> before before Ben leaves the leaves the podcast for good Sorry. and never get him back. Um, Avatar
1: has its merits. The james Horner score is 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 perfectly good.
0: That's a great save. That was a great save. Well done, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> um, Charlie, was was there a rating of Lily's that uh, struck a chord with you uh, oh, when I you were looking you over?
2: Probably know the answer. It's psycho at like half a star. Ah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm guessing, I know so, it's not a feminist masterpiece, but no, it's Psycho.
1: It's, like. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's this, this one... I had a sort of a, 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 an epiphany moment during, when I was doing my, my Masters in Film, and I was like, I don't have to say I like films just because everyone else likes them anymore. And I just, like, went on a rampage against a load of films, and Psycho was one of them, because um, it's a film that I just hate on every conceivable level um in terms of its twist and like the the, portray- the portrayal of mental illness in that film and i just think it's an incredibly stupid and quite dangerous film mm. um that's had a long-lasting <laughs> impact but, but that's just me i i, I it's interesting you've, you've picked films that i've sort of forgotten but <laughs> i i gave such low ratings to um what can I say? I, I, we we do I our stand, research. St- well, you clearly do. I, I stand by them. I mean, the the one that I sort of got. I mean, my letterbox ratings, thankfully, are sort of tucked away where no one can see them. I got into a bit of uh, hot water with um, the Suicide Squad recently. I gave it quite mm-hmm. a damning review. Um, so at least at least you're not sort of um, calling me an ignorant slut in multiple different languages, as, 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 as which, I sort of. Which Suicide
3: Squad <laughs> did you did you bash?
1: the Suicide Squad, the oh, the new dear. one. The new one. Um, oh, no. Yeah. And I I, <laughs> I, I, I I sort of had to mute Twitter for a couple of weeks. Um,
2: it, really it was, ah.
1: it, Yeah. Because it it, it had um a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. My review pulled it down to ninety six and people were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That. That's,
3: Yeah. That's <laughs> some pull. <prof. laughs> yeah.
0: And that to our listeners is why we were so excited to have Lily on the show. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a what a powerful presence you have in in the film <laughs> critic industry the uh, it's fantastic um i think uh on the note that you made about films that portray mental illness in in a, in a damaging way my, my final mm-hmm. rating that quite surprised me was uh Ari Aster's uh, Midsommar which you also gave uh, just one lonely star to mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what is that <laughs> Again, was, is that because uh, of the aforementioned thing that you, it was quite a damaging film or is it more to do with um, the representation of the characters? Because I, I know a lot of people love how powerful Florence Pugh's character is, but a lot of people actually see her as a, a very weak character and not represented in the way that she could have been. But I, I just, if you have some context for your rating, that would be great.
1: I just think I found it a three-hour dirge. I just, I really liked Hereditary. And mm. I think that, because I, I, Hereditary is one of those uh, films where the experience of watching it was is really quite special to me. I, I went along to a screening of Hereditary and found that I was the only person in the cinema. Um, oh, that must have been terrifying. Sort of had, I had to, I had to <laughs> debate with myself whether I could go through with it or not. Um, but I was like, nah, I've paid, what, £12 for a ticket, I'm going to sit this out, um, and was bloody terrified. And uh, midsummer I watched him perhaps the opposite of that. I watched it on my laptop in my in my room at uni. I was just like so bored. Um yeah. and it's it's just it's kind of laughably bad at the end when she's like the colourful slug in the flowers and she's just A Colourful
0: slug, I love she, that. She, oh, she looks
1: like she she, she she looks like Roz from Monsters Inc. I I um <laughs> I just yeah, no, I'm afraid I don't have anything much... much I, I wish I had sort of a, a really deep moral issue with that film. No, I that's really, okay. Sometimes I, you just see a film and
0: you just hate well, it.
1: Well, just... yeah, exactly. And the ho- horror is one that I have quite a complicated relationship with. I can absolutely love a horror film or absolutely hate it. I don't mm-hmm. normally feel in the middle with it. Because um, a, a horror film has one job, and that's to be unsettling. If yeah. I'm not unsettled by it, then as far as I'm concerned, it's failed as a film. Um, I always, I normally only watch horror films in October, so I'm quite looking forward to October cause it's I funny that you should say that because we were
0: month. we were planning on doing a sort of horror festival, um, but with the amount of huge movies that are coming out this this quarter, mm. uh, we just wouldn't have had time for it. But horror, you know, you're, yeah. you're preaching so, to the choir. There's, so there's, m- there's
1: so so many films yeah um
0: so obviously we're we're prioritizing those Uh, i'm very excited for things like dune and and uh, the eternals and but i i'm kind of gutted that i had to say goodbye to this sort of this baby that i had uh in my mind for for over a year now like we, we were planning these festivals as far back as um sort of november time and i remember really wanting to do a halloween festival and and horror is my favorite genre hands down yeah um so i was really interested uh, to hear your thoughts on hereditary and midsummer and um had we have done that festival it would have been great to have you back on the show for that but we've got to make way for all the million dollar movies that are yeah well there'll that, be times <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah it will
1: it will even out again we've got so many films that have sort of been pushed back and back mm. i mean we've got a new bond film this week i've just been i've spent my weekend sort of rewatching the Daniel Craig Bond films, mm. um, nice. which is which is good fun because I haven't actually watched all four of them sort of back to back before. Um,
0: favorite one? Uh,
1: Casino Royale is my is probably my favorite Bond film. That's the correct but no, answer. That is well, correct. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a very good one, but my, my, uh, License to Kill may actually pip it for me as as my favorite okay. Bond, but c- certainly my yeah. favorite of the of the Craig films. It's um, it's Casino Royale. Um, mm-hmm. We did Skyfall, yeah. didn't we? Re-
2: not recently. We did do Skyfall yeah. as
0: part of our British Film Festival. Um, we wanted to look at some of the best of of the British Film Institute industry, whatever you want to call it. And we did have a good time looking at Skyfall. And we were actually planning on doing a Daniel Craig marathon retrospective, but with the new film out next week, um, I think we're just very keen to do a review of that. So for our listeners yeah. at home, our next week's episode will be on No Time to Die. Been pushed back, but um, yeah. Expect that review this time next week. I'm very excited to see it in the cinema at the weekend. Um, yeah, so um, that was a great dive into your Letterboxd ratings. I wish we could just talk about your entire uh, diary on Letterboxd, but I think we would be here for ages, and uh, I, I think I think Ben will will end up crying. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> um, I already
3: am.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. no
0: Ben Ben gets it from us. He he gets enough from us. He, 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 he knows he what he's getting it. into. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so obviously our film of the week is Jupiter Ascending, and I obviously there are some very obvious opinions about the, the film that are kind of ingrained in, in recent film history. Uh, in, in um but I'm glad that you chose something so unexpected today uh, and I think it's kind of worked out so perfectly with the, the Wachowskis essentially making their big return to cinema. Well, I know it's only one sister, but there is this kind of feeling that, wow, the the masters of, of early two thousand cinema are coming back at the end of this year. And so I was really, really happy that you actually decided to look at one of their films. Um I think my first question to you about Jupiter Ascending is why do you, what, why do you defend why? it? Just why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Just why? <laughs> I, I, like I said, there are some very obvious opinions about the film. It was one of the biggest bombs of, of the 2010s both critically and financially and when we reached out to you to, to join the show you immediately suggested Jupiter Ascending and, and because you, you, in your words you said you were one of its Sort of ardent defenders uh you're probably the only one um and so that really fascinates me because well you, so far your ratings your your criticisms of other films are so divisive I, i'm not surprised that you that you defend you <laughs> for sending but i want to know why i think that's the crucial yeah. the question so um yeah. take it away
1: yeah so i as you say the fourth matrix film is its way and I've been incredibly excited for ages because I absolutely love the Wachowskis I love all of their films and um, I think that Sense8 which they did for Netflix is just incredible Um, so I was I was thinking of which one so I definitely decided I wanted to to talk about a Wachowski's film I was like which one would be most interesting to have a discussion about Um, I was going to go with Bound because it's one of the the sort of lesser seen ones, but I think I think you've you've nailed it that Jupiter Ascending is sort of this enigma for me in terms of why people don't vibe with it um, and why people don't love it because it's a film that I didn't see in the cinema when it came out because, as you said, it, it it bombed and and wasn't out for very long. Um, it was one I I only watched for the first time a couple of years ago since then i've seen it about five times like um and every time i sort of see things that i didn't spot before because it's so layered and it's so everything in it is original it's not pulling from anything else it's it's all very much sort of um creating its own world i mean it's, it's inspired by a number of different things so it sort of has the alice in wonderland theme that wachowski's put into the matrix and it's got um this sort of Homeric odyssey type through line of of the character arc of of um Mila kunis um which in uh, her performance in itself is something that I absolutely love about this film um the the fact that you've got such a great ordinary heroine in the lead who is suddenly sort of chosen to have this 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 remarkable thing happen to her um more than anything else it's just the campest blockbuster in the world it's everything about it is high camp um and i Mm -hmm. think that it won the razzie it won the uh, eddie redmayne won the razzie for his his performances um bala mabrasex and i i honestly think it's one of the best performances in the history of film
0: (laughs) Really? And you're wow. not saying that ironically or anything. Either. I'm not,
1: I'm not. Wow. I mean, in the, same, in the same way that we would say that something like Joan Crawford in Mummy Dearest is one of the greatest performances, because mm-hmm. it's just, it's one of those performances where someone has so completely committed to the bit, and it's so over the top in an absolutely gorgeous Ridiculous? way. Ridiculous? Ridiculous way, <laughs> yeah, but it's so entertaining to watch. Um, and, it, and it's intentional, it's all intentional, you know. There's it, 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 the, 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 one of the best moments in the film is when he sort of stands out and he says, I create life and I destroy it, and it's just brilliant. <laughs> it's just one of the best tonal shifts because it comes out of nowhere. He just can't, his performance constantly just like goes up to 11. And then comes back down again um i love it I wasn't just, this uh, the same
0: year that he won uh, sorry Ben. No, uh, what i was just gonna say wasn't this the same year that he won the best uh, best actor for the theory, theory of, everything of everything as well yes i just yes, that's so. in, incredibly difficult to wrap my head around <laughs> ben what were you See, I, th-
1: say? I, I think he's very bad in theory of everything ah. i think he's very good in, in this but maybe i'm just a I, contrarian I just... um just yeah. Thought
3: he was just a bit all over the place. I, like, it wasn't. It's like one minute he was kind of, you know, uh, um, what's it called? It's not, is it matricide, you know, because he killed his mum, right? That's the, yeah, that's basically right. the, the, it takes you like 30 minutes to figure out what they're actually fighting about and you realize he's killed his mum. Um, mm-hmm. I just, he was just all over the place. It was like he was reading from like two different scripts for the same character. It's just like, like you said, like one minute he was going off on these like kind of crazy points and it was like up to 11. And the next minute it was like, well, he's a bit of a bad villain. Like it's just not really, he never really like sold it to me as being like, oh, you can really carry this film. I don't know. It just was quite confusing, just in terms of like, like you said, they did a lot of world building. And I I would agree with you, the world building was incredible. it was a bit like, um, what was that other film, the other sci-fi, kind of similar? Was it Valerian, the Cara Delevingne one that was yeah. out recently? Yes, yeah, yeah. That was Luke feel. Besson, mm-hmm. Valerian like, and City Ish. of a Thousand Planets. Exactly, mm-hmm. like a huge amount of world building went into it, and it was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, uh, I mean, I think me and Joe especially were absolute sci-fi buffs, so we we will love any kind of film like that, mm-hmm. but and it just felt like the the script just kind of let it down like there was this huge world and this huge idea that they just kind of created and they just kind of solved it inside of an hour and it was just like they kind of like for me it just kind of let down all that the kind of world building they'd done and uh i just did, really didn't like his performance because uh, i thought it he just was kind of he contributed to that but like, it just kind of I mean, as an actor, I can't fault him. I, like you said, he, he he delivered it well. But I, if that was, is that if that's what they were after, he did it perfectly. But I think for me, the script of what he was trying to do as a character was just a bit flawed. It's
0: that sort of decade-old question of is this the the direction of the actor or of the director? Uh, and you can use Hayden Christensen, say in um, Star <laughs> yeah. Wars in the Star Wars prequel trilogy, and say that well was he told by George Lucas to act like he was a machine or is that just Hayden Christensen's <laughs> performance um and see, so see I think
1: that's another remarkable performance
0: I do too thank you for saying that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do too again, it is yeah, <laughs> extraordinary you know like the the sandline is very similar to that one I just quoted from the mm. has. house mm-hmm. it's, it's these these moments that are just so surreal in the campest possible way that just I don't know, they just feel very entertaining to me. And yeah. Maybe maybe I love Hayden Christensen's Anakin so much because Jake Lloyd's Anakin is so absolutely cat- catastrophic. <laughs> um so it, uh, there is a sort of shift in in Hayden Christensen's that just amazing. That's what that, we can yeah. just put a line
3: under that there. I think something.
1: he is. I'm, I, I do. I, I'm,
3: I'm glad I'm glad that you agree on at least on that point. What was um... that film he did with Nicolas Cage? Um the Crusader one. That was sick. Um
0: I can't remember I the name Se- of that
3: season of the witch.
0: That's that's it. There we go. Yeah,
2: Encyclopedic yeah. knowledge there.
0: there. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think these are all some great points, and I think, I think, yeah, in the case of Eddie Redmayne, it was just, I imagine, one of the Wachowskis was just like, there is an, there is an idea of this character. There is not a direction. There is an idea of this character, and you can take this idea to whichever direction you would like, and roll with it. And uh here's your Razzie in advance. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I I think you're making some quite difficult to disagree with points about the film. Um and I'm glad that we haven't just sat here and gone, Yes, but it's terrible and well no it's not. It, it we're getting to the we're getting to essentially how you make a film. And um I I definitely think the Wachowskis are these high concept directors and they they constantly try to be original and if it doesn't work they they take it on the chin um and we can look at even cloud atlas for that cloud atlas was another really high concept film and story obviously based on a book so there was source material there to help but that was it was kind of um it was divisive as well and didn't make as much money as it as it should have done uh, and it makes me excited for the Matrix Four, but it also makes me really, really scared mm. because if there hasn't been a a unanimously good Wachowski film since, say, the second Matrix, arguably, then um, like one that w- we can all agree on,
1: Speed Racer, Speed Racer, surely undeniably a master. Oh,
0: my my apologies, my my apologies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're right, and. I think I think that Cloud Atlas certainly has more defenders on, on my side than um, than <laughs> Jupiter Ascending does. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so it's so great to see like they start off with something very small like Bound and then they do The Matrix, which everyone sort of loves and has has gone through quite a few stages of reappraisal um, and reconsideration and understanding. Yeah. Um, Invited by by the Wachowskis as mm-hmm. as, as, um, as as they've sort of progressed in their careers, and then they sort of get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, Cloud Atlas is like these multiple different timelines, and then Jupiter Ascending is interplanetary, and and Sensate is the biggest of of them all because it's mm-hmm. it's across the globe, um, and I don't. Uh, I'm looking forward to a new Matrix film but I almost I do understand Billy Wachowski's reasons for not doing it it's like well we did that and I don't want to go back to that I feel like I'm going backwards um whereas I get I also get why Lana Wachowski's doing it because Mm -hmm. I think she wants to go back to sort of making films that people everyone really enjoys as you say um
0: I think it's more of a personal uh, reason as well for Lily in in that, um, obviously, the original Matrix trilogy was pre-transition for uh, the sisters. And, um, of course, I I feel as though Lily's reasons I not relate to, obviously, in in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to pretend to be in anyone else's shoes. But when you you read that she doesn't want to come back because it was a time when she was a completely different person and I, I, I believe that they lost their parents as well. That's right, um, yeah. so I do feel like, like some of the films that you've spoken about, um, that you've given one stars to, that it, 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 making a film is also an, an emotional experience that can bring up things for not just audience members but the people that make them as well. So, uh, how do you think The Matrix 4 is going to fare with just being a just being Lana, um, directing uh, on her own?
1: Well, Lana has done quite a lot on her own. Um, she mm-hmm. did the second series of, of Sense8, pretty much, with um, just her and David Mitchell, who's also doing... Um, who wrote Cloud Atlas and, and has also written um, the, the new Matrix film with her, which, mm-hmm. which gives me sort of high hopes for it. Um, and I think, I think she is extraordinarily talented and has this ability to sort of conceive on a scale which very few other filmmakers are capable of doing without sort of tying themselves up in knots. I mean, what you were saying about the script of Jupiter Ascending, I suppose that is the criticism that's sort of levelled against it, is that it does feel a bit knotty, like it doesn't quite work, and sometimes it sort of steps mm-hmm. on its own feet, um, which I, I I can see that there are moments for, in in the plot which perhaps don't entirely make sense or seem to go back on something that was said in an earlier scene um, although I, I, I think you just have to go along with it and mm-hmm. but then that that requires a certain level of sort of distancing um, I the think new Matrix sort of film a... looks, yeah sorry go on
0: I was just going to say I think, I think that sums up most of the Wachowski's films is that you just mm-hmm. got to go with it, um, don't, yeah. don't try and understand it, just feel it <laughs> quite like the Matrix <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time, there's something very rewarding of trying to spot those things and, and um, going back. And re- like Cloud Atlas is, is such a great film adaptation because it manages to do exactly what David Mitchell does in the book, which is to have all of these very subtle through lines and sort of connections between the different storylines and sort of how timelines intersect. And they do that visually, um, which, I th- which you know, causes problems for them in terms of racial casting and, and sort of um, makeup that gets used in that film is problematic. Um, you can kind of see why they're doing it because they want to draw these, these connections between the timelines in a way that you have to do very differently on a screen to how you can do it in a, in a book. Um, which is why I think I think it's probably a good thing that they're doing another matrix because I think that I've learned an awful lot from making those films. Um and they've had to be careful because they're not they're not getting that level of money thrown at them anymore Sensei mm-hmm. was cancelled after two seasons and because they just kept trying to grow it and it and Netflix said we can't keep paying what 9 million an episode or something. Yeah. Um and it was only going up. So You know, Jupiter senting lost an extraordinary amount of money. Um, I don't think (laughs) hundreds of millions, I believe. Yeah. Um, So you know, you can understand why it must be hard for them to get sort of studio backing for big projects. I mean, if they went back to doing something like Bound, um, they'd probably get the money for it quite easily. But I don't think they want to do anything like that again. Mm. And Having, have you seen the, the trailer for Resurrections?
0: I have. It, I've watched it probably about a hundred times trying to like <laughs> pause every frame. Um, yeah. the... Is
2: that the one yeah. that you sent me, Joe, where it's different every time you click on it?
0: that that was the teaser that oh, was
1: the teaser right. that was the in, teaser for like, the, before, the teaser of trailer yeah, yeah. that oh, was wow. great
0: um, um no, there's there's one i mean i have a huge theory about the the plot for matrix 4 which i, I won't go ooh, into let me hear um, it oh okay <laughs> maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe i'll send it to you uh privately on okay. twitter but um there is one shot in the trailer which really really gets my theory brain like like dialed up to 100 uh there's a shot where these the, the SWAT team is coming into this theater and it's a blink and you'll miss it shot you've really got to pause the YouTube video and uh, being projected on the cinema screen is the first Matrix movie mm. and it I just I have so many thoughts, but um, we'll That's, have to revisit um, them in a yeah.
2: when we do it's our a montra- very matrix was, thing to do. Is yeah, it? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that that'll be a sort of literalization of the um, Plato allegory of the cave that they sort of explore in the first. Absolutely, film. yeah, um, and, and and you know, this is what's really fascinating about this film to me is that you know the first one is in, in the same way that they sort of did with Speed Racer and Jupiter Ascending and 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 in, in Sensate is that like there's there's an element of choice to going Mm -hmm. down the rabbit hole and what this film seems to be saying is what if 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 for once someone in a film did the thing that they're really not supposed to do which is to say no and to take the blue Mm -hmm. pill and to end it and to sort of block that that experience um which obviously has sort of you know the pills have this sort of um the obvious connection to sort of hormone therapy and and, and blue pills to, to sort of blockers and mm-hmm. and um I think it's it's interesting to sort of to see well why would you cho- why would you choose the blue pill what <laughs> when when you could have this sort of this experience and the film is is really going to look at a side to these films that they haven't delved into before because um, that's that's the thing it's like. You go along for the ride with their films and this seems to be a film that's sort of starting from the starting point of well, what if you decided never to get on board mm-hmm. um mm. and what and how bloody dull the world world would be if, if you didn't um <laughs> and i know. think
0: that brings me to a, a fascinating thought um one that probably charlie will be able to articulate in a question much better than i can but um i think one thing i'm worried about with the matrix four is it becoming like this this franchise um this huge franchise thing that people are, I think are going to miss the point of the story i think obviously um uh is uh lana's going to be clearly putting her heart and soul into the the story of, of the matrix 4 and it's it's i think there's definitely going to be a lot of contemporary commentary on gender identity 100% i'd be disappointed if they weren't um but I think with how big and loud the, the film is going to be, I, I'm worried that people aren't going to get the point. Um, and I think yeah, Charlie, you have a question here about uh, Liddy's writing. Um, I'm not sure if you want to articulate it better than I can, but it's sort of to do with like the canon of, of film.
3: Oh um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. because you wrote for Little White Lies, and he, it was about like reestablishing the film canon. Um, and. Yeah to a more, uh, I suppose, equal uh, representation of, of, of gender and sexuality or, and all that. Um, yeah. But my argument, like, I, I gave it a, like, a quick read earlier, and I was like, well, does, will it not just do that naturally over time anyway, do you, do you not think? Will it not change as films change?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, I think that in terms of what the canon will look like, In the future, yes, it will change. I mean, it's more about sort of... That piece was more asking why people have been sort of left out in the past. So, like, from the very birth of cinema, like a filmmaker like Alice Guy Blachey, why why did it take so long for us to realise that she was one of the sort of founding members of cinema? Well, it was Mm. because she'd just been sort of excluded from the history books almost. But I think you're right. And I think what's going to be really fascinating... Seeing the sight and sound next year because I think it's going to look completely different. Because um, mm. the last ten years since twenty twelve has seen an absolute boom in the number of um, of, of non cis straight male filmmakers, and I think I think that's going to have to. My my only fear is that people will still vote for like. Pretty old films and not be not want to vote for stuff that's come out within the last ten years. So it might take a bit longer yeah. than than just next year. But you know, there's so many films that came out since 2012, which are just absolute top tier brilliant films. Um, yeah, Portrait Portrait of a Lady on Fire is probably yeah, the most obvious really one. Yeah, yeah, but I I I I think I'm I'm sure we'll I will will be quite high up on the list. Um, I mean, it
2: should be. It's a very yeah. sound film as well, isn't it? Like, yeah definitely they love that yeah. sort of stuff
1: and and i think that what else has changed in the last 10 years is an awful lot more of the films i was talking about the things that perhaps more people aren't aware of have become so much more available like I mean, obviously we don't have criterion channel over here yet but there's loads of stuff being done by criterion that's been restored yeah. and bfi's done loads of restorations and stuff and there are just so many more films that are accessible that hadn't that most people hadn't really even heard of before so i think it will it will change. I'm um, not going to see any Wachowski films on that list yet, I fear. Um, <laughs> he, he, he as great as, as The Matrix is, and so not, yeah, The
2: Matrix, Marvin. Uh, I, I yeah.
1: think I think there's a, there's a certain snobbishness in yeah. criticism that you know you can't really. Uh, you know, you, well, <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't rate like a blockbuster on the same level as like I don't know um film or whatever and it's just like of course you can <laughs> um there, there are there are apart from marvel uh, though <laughs> yeah well marvel's a fascinating one i mean
0: well i mean now we have chloe zhao who's going yeah, to be exactly. uh, yeah. directing the eternals yeah. and and the trailers for that are stunning obviously you can't judge an entire film off a trailer but um
1: have you seen shang chi
0: i have i have seen shang chi uh i thought it was mulan on on crack it was fantastic um,
1: <laughs> uh, that's a really good way of putting it <laughs> yeah it
0: it was it was wonderful and i wasn't expecting the amount of fantasy and magic that was that that was presented and um uh i know yeah. i'm not sure ben uh, have you seen shang chi yet
3: uh, i've not seen it but i i've seen seen that like kind of snippets and stuff yeah and obviously there was quite a lot of ironically there was quite a lot of press about there not being a lot of press mm-hmm. for the film was mm-hmm. obviously right. Disney didn't really push it, did they? It was an experiment. And as, no, as and was, I, 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 th- I think they it expected
1: did... it to do better in China than than it would do over yeah. here. And mm, but no, it did but very it's, well. It's one, it's one of those. In in the same way that I was sort of saying about why I love Jupiter Ascending, it's one of the. It's such, it's such a refreshing thing in Marvel to start afresh with a new character, mm-hmm. especially one who's like coming from quite humble beginnings. Like obviously Ju- yeah. Jupiter is like cleaning toilets and stuff and um mm. but Jupiter's characters- like that's yeah. like a
3: lottery though, isn't it? Like that's literally like blind genetic lottery. Like the whole concept that's, of the film. That's true. Yeah. Whereas Well I
1: suppose it's the same it's the same in this film in terms yeah, of
3: like it's, it's true. But he had to like do, do work for it and train for it, didn't he? Like it wasn't oh, just that's like true. well all thina's right? character sort of just ends up in it.
1: Yeah. And, and like doing, sort of, um, driving the cars around to the car park or whatever, and yeah. I just I just find those sorts of stories so much more compelling than, like, mm-hmm. this sort of, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right, there is a sort of hereditary aspect to it, but it's not, it's, it's not privilege that's sort of always been there, it's just like, oh, this has suddenly befallen quite an ordinary mm. person, yeah. in the same way that Neo ends up inside the Matrix, or, you know, I... I just find those stories so much more compelling.
0: But... I think that's a really interesting point. Um, and I think that's probably why I really enjoy Chang Chi. Uh, is that it 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 like you said before about the the Matrix, the the upcoming Matrix four, it, it's clearly gonna be a film about, you know, what if Neo decided to take the blue pill and not be involved. Um, these films that we enjoy, they seem to all have a common theme in, in that there's a choice. There's always a choice. Um and that makes me wonder if Jupiter Ascending would have been more successful if it had been released, say, in the past year or so, as opposed to 2015 at sort of the, the height of that sort of formulaic, episodic Marvel DC um, ping pong that they were going back and forwards over all the time. Um, to see something like that, say, during the pandemic um, or just before, uh, it makes me wonder. We've We've had that a lot on the show where we've looked at films and we've gone... This is a great film released at the wrong yeah, time.
2: We did it with yeah. Dread, didn't we?
0: We did. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen Dread, Lily?
1: Oh, that's when I—I I, was—I was really quite young when that came out. I think. Um, yeah. So very. I, very bloody. I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, de- I definitely wouldn't have gone to see it at the cinema, and I, I no. not want, cause it, it, that's, it's not one because that's—it's an interesting film in that it's sort of been forgotten, although it was one that was. Quite praised when it came out, so I'm surprised that it's not one that's perhaps pushed by Netflix a bit more or whatever. Yeah, um, but yeah it's interesting you saying that about Jupiter Ascending because I almost wonder if it fe- its humor feels very sort of like Marvel Phase 3. And yeah, whereas it was, whereas I feel like there was definitely a time in sort of like the early 2010s when big blockbusters had to be really serious and dark and mm. yeah. weren't allowed to have a sense of humour and I, I almost wonder if something as camp as Jupiter Ascending is and it, with its very specific sense of humour about like bees and dogs and, and so on which, which people often laugh at rather than with and which yeah. I find confusing yeah. because to me it's so intentionally funny. Um, yeah i just i i almost wonder if you're right if 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 maybe jupiter sent Jupiter Ascended coming out at the same time as i don't know Four Ragnarok or something like that, like a big bold colorful mm, yeah. sort of yeah um, um silly sci fi film that w- that clearly isn't taking itself too seriously. I almost wonder if audience tastes have have changed so much um even oh without in a doubt quite, yeah quite a short space of time um, yeah. Which is why I, was, I think I was a bit... Maybe this is why I enjoyed Black Widow so much, was because I sort of worried that it was going to be sort of reviving phase one of Marvel, which I very much sort of <laughs> would like us to move on from, because as I say, it was very sort <laughs> of serious and grey, and Black Widow was, was, felt like a better balance of, of what had sort of been done before and, mm-hmm. and what, what we enjoy now. I mean, Shang-Chi is probably one of the funnier marvel films i really enjoyed it a lot and eternals there's a lot of humor in the trailer i mean this is this is the main thing that i look for in a marvel film i'm not I, I don't care so much about like the cgi and the big battle scenes or whatever i i, I just just like characters and and sort of mm-hmm. banter that they share i mean that's why infinity war was so highly enjoyable um maybe why I didn't enjoy Endgame quite so much because it sort of distanced everyone again. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I I think I can agree with that. I loved
1: how, like, they sort of put completely unlikely characters together and the Wachowskis like to do that too. They like to take people Mm -hmm. from completely different backgrounds and with different sensibilities and sort of see how they desolate on screen, Um, Mm -hmm. which is often very funny. I think Nakunis and Channing Tatum have wonderful chemistry on screen, despite being quite different. And then yeah. they throw Sean Bean into it. And it's just <laughs> its just very funny to me. I was
0: so but, surprised that Sean Bean didn't, didn't die. die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, like, yeah. I, was just,
1: I was waiting for the it's, death scene. It's so <laughs> one, the sort of film where you expect Sean Bean to die. And then yeah. doesn't, and you're like, what? <laughs> mm. um, those shoes
2: that Channing Tatum has as well. I couldn't get on board with them. He was like the skating shoe. in the air. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I like what I can't is that? Back those shoes. Go on.
1: He, he'd had to lose his wings. So he had to, he had yeah. to fly somehow. Yeah. 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 So those, he could have done it a better way. <laughs> those shoes were Maybe.
3: actually roller skates, and they just CG'd them out. Uh, so he did oh, all right. the stunts on roller skates, which is why it looks like he's what a man. on roller right, skates. Right, right. Um, because he quite literally is, and they're just basically like, I mean, I haven't seen a picture of it, but I'm just guessing they just styled the top half of the roller skate to look like it did in the show, and then they just painted all the wheels green or something, and then just like you know, chopped it out with me at the end. But yeah, quite funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just no, asked, did, did did all three of you hate this film?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's I think a I harsh word. word. Uh, yeah, I just
1: I'm I'm asking because part of the reason why I wanted to is because I've I I showed it to. You. Mm-hmm. boyfriend for the first time this year and he absolutely loved it like i did so i haven't actually spoken to many people who did dislike it but i know people do dislike it so i was i it was one of the main reasons why i wanted to talk about it because i'm i'm hopefully going to be writing on it at some point soon um and writing about the wachowskis a fair bit in the build-up to the new film and i just i just wanted to know why people don't like it Um, but you've sort of answered that question.
3: Um, Yeah. I think I would say I I enjoyed it from the fact that I will pretty much enjoy 95% of the films I enjoy. Like it was, if you get in the moment of it, a bit like what you were saying like earlier with kind of Eddie Redmayne's performance, you can kind of sit there and enjoy it. And so from that perspective, I, I kind of got into it. But then when I kind of started to compare it a little bit and pull it apart a little bit, that's where it fell down slightly for me, just because it was, like they did so much there was so much cool stuff in there that it just like kind of didn't really like kind of mm-hmm. come through with that like all the ships and the the tech you know even the fact that he had you know these kind of you know 26th century roller skates or whatever the hell they were and, <laughs> you know like he had there's so much cool things and then it was like uh, you know I, I think
0: of... sci-fi has gotten to the point now where sci-fi used to be about breaking the rules and breaking the mold um, you know, look at something like 2001: Space Odyssey, and then you have Star Wars, and then Alien decided to you know throw horror in. And sci-fi for such a long time was was this ruleless genre, uh, and now it it 100% has rules, and it has things that people are used to seeing in sci-fi. And if those things aren't there, it's unsettling. And that's why, for me, I always think sci-fi will always be maybe my second or third favorite genre behind horror because horror still to this day has no rules and if anything is out of place in horror it's unsettling and that's good you know mission failed successfully yeah. um but with you know with sci-fi that there's all these rules now and and we have we have the mcu to blame for that we have christopher nolan with his huge sci-fi spectacles to blame for that we and and in, in part we we do all, also have the the wachowskis to blame for that we um maybe blames the wrong word uh maybe i shouldn't say that but there's all these rules now clearly and um i think jupiter ascending really tried to break those rules but it came out at a time as you said you know when marvel films were were dark and the dc films were even darker and and then we had just had interstellar and inception and uh the new star wars movie was on its way um the same year so it was it, i think jupiter sending had so much to live up to and it i think maybe we've reached a sort of unanimous decision that it maybe came out at the wrong time
1: yeah and it's interesting saying that star wars was coming out that year and yeah bending the rules because i mean if if there's a film that absolutely sticks to its guns yeah. and doesn't break a single rule oh, <laughs> it's yeah, star gosh. wars the force awakens yeah if um, i hear
0: the word hope in a star wars <laughs> one more time i'm gonna lose it's,
1: it's, it i mean it's 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 <laughs> quite a literal retreading yeah 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 i think i think i think i think i I think last jedi did break those rules and that's it why, did, it faced, yeah. why it faced so much backlash and then that's why we get something utterly diabolical in rise of skywalker because yeah. oh, worst God film ever because, <laughs> so because, bad because fan servicing is, is is very real and and when a when a big studio like that and directors pay too much attention to it then they then they decide to play it safe oh, to the point where cash it, but,
3: that's what it was
1: well exactly mm. whereas you know love or hate last jedi it's 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 something completely different you can't say that it's just oh yeah they've just done exactly the same it's thing a of Star Wars. It, mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can't say that it was just like yeah doing the same me, thing me um, empire well, did yeah
0: to me the last jedi is a, is a film in three three acts and the first two acts are clearly directed by ryan johnson they're his vision <laughs> it's his script it's his words and the final act is, is directed by disney uh, and, and the switch between two and three comes right at the moment where Kylo Ren is extending his hand out to Rey and, and begging her to let the Jedi and the Sith die and to let something else grow in its place. And I was like, "Yes, this is brilliant. This is so inventive. Like Star Wars is evolving. Finally, it's growing up. It's maturing." And then Ray <laughs> says, "No." And then they go to a planet, have a good old shootout. There's a lot of hope being thrown around, and oh, whoop-de-do! <laughs> Ray is now the last Jedi, I guess. And and yeah, and Star i Star Wars really, died. <laughs> Star Wars died right at that end of that act too. It wasn't Rise of Skywalker that killed uh, Star Wars. It was. Uh, that moment where Disney it was decided, Disney. <laughs> okay, Ryan, Ryan, you need to stop there. We're gonna finish the film for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I definitely yeah. think that the Wachowski's, like knowingly owe a lot to Star Wars in terms of mm-hmm. what I was saying about like person from Humble Beginnings, like it's the Luke Skywalker origin story all over again. Um but it's 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 kind of done in a very different way to to what George Lucas was trying to do. You know, it's it's more complicated than light versus dark in this film. um
0: Yeah, no, no, I th- I think you're right, and I think also you got to remember that you know George Lucas took inspiration from Dune, which is going to be a yeah. huge blockbuster very very soon. I'm so excited to see it. I, I was wait. meant I was meant to
1: see it. Um, what when was it? Last week? Um, yeah, I finally because I've been pestering press people to let me see it because I interviewed Hans Zimmer <laughs> earlier in the year for Little White oh, Lives. Nice.
0: Of course, yeah, congratulations on that. That's, that was a huge
2: oh, piece. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: That, that was really fun to do. It was kind of, I was kind of overwhelmed when I was asked to do that. I was like, what, really? Um, <laughs> Is he a nice really? bloke? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's lovely. He was he yeah. was so wonderful to interview and I was like, oh, great, when, when am I seeing the film? And they were like, well, you're not going to see the film and I was like, well, how am I going to oh. ask him about his score to June if I haven't seen <laughs> yeah. June? Um so I went I went along to what was I was t- they were like, Oh we've got a preview um in Leicester Square so I went along. Mm. And by preview they meant the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah. Oh, no. so I saw the first ten minutes in an IMAX and then it ended. Oh, um, so I was supposed to go and him. see it last week. The biggest tease ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'd completely got the date wrong and I'd come up oh, from no. Kent to London. <laughs> and it was oh, the, dear. it was the oh, next oh, day. Wow. So I still didn't get to see June. So the time i finally do see the film um i do hope i enjoy it i've only heard great things so yeah, yeah. I, i've yeah. i've thankfully sure just reached the uh wonderful.
0: i've just reached the part in the book where i know the first that the film ends so uh no spoilers now for me with the with the book um yeah very excited to see that and and um yeah on on that note i think going back um was star wars definitely took a lot of inspiration from dune as well and then like you said the, the wachowskis took so much of that kind of um humble beginnings origin story from star wars which was taken kind of taken from dune but then also paul atreides is this you know prince um yeah
1: he's a he's a privileged little get
0: yeah yeah, (laughs) yes. he really he really annoys me like from what i've seen in the trailers timothy chalamet plays him in quite a toned down way but in the book he's a he's a shit um (laughs) but
1: timothy Chalamet's a shit so maybe he's
0: well <laughs> well said you know i think that is a great place to end <laughs> <it>. <laughs> timothy shatter is a, a shit um lily it has been so great to have you um it's been wonderful on the show Thank yeah you. um of course if you are game we would love to have you back to talk about the Matrix Resurrections when that drops That'd in December. That'd be amazing. I, uh, I'd
1: love to. I'm I'm not going to stop talking about it so. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, hopefully
0: we'll figure something out. Um listeners at home if you've enjoyed listening uh to Lily Talk, obviously please go give her a follow on Twitter. We'll post her at when we post the episode. Um she posts some great stuff. Go check out some of her material with Little White Lies. Um it's all good. Uh and yeah. What can I say? Again, thank you so much uh, for coming. I know we tried to organize this for August, but it got pushed back. And and I think you know, all good things come to those who wait. Uh, really excited to see what you think about Matrix Four and Dune as well. We'll definitely keep in touch. And um, uh, next week we are going to be looking at No Time to Die. Uh, the movie is out this weekend, so if you can go to the cinema, check it out, and then come back next week and listen to us talk about it. Um, but today obviously we've been talking about jupiter ascending i feel like my mind has been changed a little bit um i still don't think it's a great movie like from my own experience of it but you made some really great points and uh and i hope our listeners also don't go away and bash the movie as well because at the end of the day it we're all part of the same industry and 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 it's, it's 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 a job for thousands of people so um yeah thank you so much for being with us today uh, this has been the Show Weekly Podcast. It's been Joe, Ben, and Charlie, and we will be back next week for another episode. Take care. Bye bye.